Okay, everybody, we've talked to you about the greatest movies of the 80s. We've talked to you about the greatest movies of the 90s. Well, now, tonight, we are talking to you about the greatest movies of the 2000s. Or at least five apiece that we like a whole lot anyway. Stay tuned. Take a listen to what we got. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. Chris Adams, your podcast host, Retro Life for You. And uh, this week we have uh, another different guest host this season. I mean, I know we've had a couple I've thrown at you, but this week we've got someone that might sound a little bit familiar to you. Sir, can you introduce yourself so we so we, so we know who you are? What's going on, everybody? <laughs> I was gonna try to I was gonna try to go full Dutch Dallas man, but I can't do it. It made me laugh too hard, too quick. What's up, yeah. everybody? It's Travis back, man. I'm back. What's up? I might not be back for every episode, but I'm back for now, and that's what's important. That <laughs> is what's important for today. We have the return of the one, the only Dutch Dallas slash Travis. Rice. That's right. What's now, happening? Uh, how has how have you been? How has the retro life? family and fan base been you know I, I would i would say things have been going pretty good we've had a couple of really good <laughs> step in and be co-host on the show um uh, a guy named tim that has a 80s flicks podcast and a uh girl named sarah that does a podcast with her friend called two chicks talking flicks they've been uh, yep, stepping yep. in and doing a really really great job i'm very glad that they've been available and i'm sure i'll have some more with them here soon that's Not awesome sure yeah, I'm not sure what direction we're going to go as far as uh, titles, but uh, I know I've got one more upcoming this week that I've either got someone who is stepping in or we are going to be having a relative of yours, one cousin by the name of Chili Ray oh, Phillips. Oh, be big Chili Ray. Yes, Chili Willie. Yes. We, I, I have been wanting to uh, branch out, you know, not only just the movies, but to catch a couple of TV shows in if I can and I thought what better TV show than my all time favorite which is the Dukes of Hazard, and that's most likely going to be the episode after this and if I cannot <laughs> get the first person that I reached out to then Ray is going to step in and be my co-host on that show and uh, we'll see how that goes from there most likely it's going to be him though but uh, right today like to, today we have decided to uh since Travis is back, we're going to take a little fallback to what we were doing quite a bit of back in the first season with mm-hmm, our, top, mm-hmm. our top five list. Now, yeah, yeah. When when you told me that the day that you opened us up another decade, I, this had to be the show that we that, that my return came with. It had to be. Yes. I, I had to open up another decade. I, I was reading online, and I'm I'm looking for different things to come up with new ideas and everything. What we could do for shows going forward. And a lot of my shows going forward are probably going to be movie review type shows where we watch the movie and then we break it down and we do the the little tidbits of trivia and fun facts and stuff. But I mean, uh, mm-hmm. top fives and top tens are always fun to do. Mm-hmm. And and when I got to looking, it was talking about how from the years 2000 to 2009 have people officially referred to it as retro. And they're saying that, you know, it's, it's it's even though it's only a little over ten years old now, we're looking at retro for that decade. And I thought, well, that's awesome because now I can bring up the Hobbits, I can bring up the Harry Potters, I can bring up yeah you know, the Star Wars prequels if I want to. I can yeah I, I can go with whatever I want from that area. We can now. get in. We can get into uh, what is arguably the best run of Batman. Yes, absolutely, and that's that's definitely something. That I would like to, for one day, you know, to have a Dark Knight show. I'm, that was my favorite of the bunch was Dark Knight. Uh, uh, I think I think everybody's gonna agree with you on that one. Yeah. So I mean, that's you know, one day we'll get to it one day. But Absolutely. as of right now, tonight we're doing a top five. Now this is not a hundred percent guaranteed. Our favorite, top, our top five favorites of the decade. The way I've listed this is we're each gonna pick five great movies from the two thousands. Okay, mm-hmm. from the early two thousands. 
I label it that way because it makes it a little bit easier because it's so hard to say these are my five favorites over anything else. Right. But, because like I told you, you know, even with us doing this, this is just narrowing it down to five is so hard when you when is. you really realize what I was in that decade. It, it is. It's very hard. It's very hard. And I, I, I think we're going to go ahead and get started. And I'm going to go ahead and go first because... You know, I I feel like since you abandoned me for this thing called a job, <laughs> right? What is I that? I mean, a job. Who needs a job? <laughs> a job. Who wants money? I mean, What's who needs about? money? I mean, you, get, you tell me you don't own everything in the world already. You gotta right. have money. Yeah. So you gotta have I mean, all the streaming services so you can watch all these movies. I mean, dude, you only got like fifteen <laughs> cars in your driveway and. Eight garages and <laughs> yeah, all this. So what? Yeah, like I would like to have a, I would like to have some garages. But let's go. Let's see what's 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 first up on your list, Chris. Well, I decided that I was going to go first because I've got this Chris movie, list. this movie that I want to pick, and I want to make sure that you don't steal it. So I made sure that okay. there's one there's one thing you couldn't do, and I'm going to tell you what it was. There's a wise wizard that once said. <laughs> and you, sir, you, sir, shall not pass by me and take this out from under me. So I am going with the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. And I went with this because this is what started it all. This is what mm-hmm. started with Peter Jackson, started all the greatness that we come to love with Middle Earth in the 2000s. Now, that didn't mean. They started everything for real because we know the Hobbit cartoon and Lord of the Rings and all that back in the day. And the book was written a long time ago and everything. It's not like it's new information. But for us watching movies, this movie brought to film was one of the best things that could have happened to some of us, you know, in a long Amen. time. I, 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 cannot, I cannot second that emotion more. And um, it's funny that that was your first pick. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to take that I'm going to take that pick off of mine because my pick was Lord of the Rings. Well, uh-huh. one of my picks was mine was the two towers because I figured we would overlap. Well, um, it's OK. I'm gonna take take it, it off. Okay. And leave. Yeah, but I'm going to I want to make that I want to make that. And uh, since everybody knows that's going to be my first one. Uh, but I'm yeah. going to agree with you. You did good on that one, too, because that would have been my very first pick. Um, I had yeah, to. Like man. you said, I those movies, to. dude, man, and, and and everything that they came out with, too, with you know, uh, everything that it prompted, you know, I've got the, uh, well, I used to have, I need to get them back, but I've got the, I used to have the goblets from Burger King that lit up, you know, with yeah. the, um, the, the collectibles as far as the swords go from Toledo Sword Company and man, everything that it did for putting, uh, putting a face to, to all of those and bringing, you know, the written word, our, our literature and the way that we take in our literature has changed so much. And I told my wife that I've gotten back into, I've gotten into audiobooks lately. I don't have time to read, but I've gotten into audiobooks. And the, even just the audiobooks, it expands your mind so much because your mind, you know, they're describing this, they're, they're painting this picture and you're envisioning it in your brain. And it makes your, it's, it's exercise, it's exercise for your mind. But mm-hmm. on the flip side of that coin, the way that, you know, we take in media, these days, it's just so crazy cool to have that come to life. And whether it was the way you were, you pictured it or not, it had to be close because Tolkien did such a great job of explaining, you know, the backstory of, of every leaf on every branch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you so, felt like you were a part of the Shire. Yeah, you, man. Hey, as far as that goes, you felt like Bree was a second home to you from the Shire. Absolutely. And we wanted to go hang out at the Prince and Pony or I wanted right. to go see Rohan. I wanted to go be one of the horse people in Rohan when I was young, you know. I mean of course of course we all wanted to be like either Aragorn. we wanted to be one of the fellowship, Aragorn or or Legolas or somebody, maybe even a hobbit, you know, but it's just yeah. man timeless, and, 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 timeless. And think of these names. I mean the names that were in the movie Christopher Lee, Kate Blanchett, Vigo Mortensen, Andy Serkis, uh-huh. Billy Sean Aston. I am actually, I actually have a movie on right now that has John Reyes Davis in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who played I mean, or, who played Gimli and Treebeard? Uh, I mean, it's uh, probably one of those Indiana Jones movies. Uh, no, actually, but it's close. It's it's King Solomon's uh, Mine from 1985. Well, just so like it's a, Alex, just, just it's like Alan Qu- Alex Quartermain or Alan Quartermain. It's a Quartermain movie. Yeah, Alan Quartermain. Yeah. 
And then you got a random William McKellen and Elijah Wood playing Frodo. I mean, this thing was loaded. And Andy Serkis, like, dude, that movie gave us Andy Serkis. And Andy has gone on to do so much. He was, like, him and the guy, Abe, the guy that played Abe, I know his name too, but I can't think of it off the top of my head, but the guy that played Abe and Hellboy, him and Andy Serkis are, like, the two major mocap actors, you know, of the past 30 years, man. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. He he was uh, he was Caesar on all of the Planet of the Apes movies, and right. I mean, like he's done a lot of producing and directing since too. Like Andy is Andy is amazing. Yeah, and and, and you know one of my favorite parts about movies when we're giving the fun facts out, I always fall back mm-hmm. to the box office and everything. The movie was two hours and fifty eight minutes long, but there is so everybody knows an extended version of each movie with yes, the scenes that were cut out. And those are well worth, <laughs> well worth the purchase, well worth the watch. Even though you get to the last movie, and it's no longer four hours and 15 minutes, it's four hours and 45 minutes. It's still well right. worth the watch. So, and you get so much with it, too. You know what I mean? Yes, like There's so much do. story that you get with it. Yeah, so there's like, so much stuff like, left out of the books. They couldn't get everything from the books in the movie. So, right. And, and, and a, a lot a of people lot of felt they were robbed, in a sense. Some people felt robbed that they didn't get certain things. And they tried to fit them in with the uh, deleted scenes, re-edited back in, and you still didn't get right. something from the Fellowship of the Ring. Like you still didn't get Tom Bombadil. You still didn't. That's get the that. one that my little brother complains about all the time, and that's so funny that I was just explaining to Tom two days ago, and I was telling people. So in the novels, Tom Bombadil, so Tom Bombadil is basically Tolkien putting himself into the novel. So Tom. Inside the novel versus inside of the movies, I feel like leaving him out was perfectly fine just because of the fact that in while he did play a major role in the novels, he was more of a side note. He was more of a, a filler entertainment type thing. Show, right. Let's show how powerful this character is versus right. you know, it'd be like it'd be like putting Stan Lee himself into a Marvel movie. And you if know? you think so about I could it, do without the- that. If you think about it, the Tom Bombadil portion of the book really didn't fit with the story that Peter Jackson was telling. No, so it, and it's, it was completely, it would have been, right, it would have been a complete, you know, weird thing. There was one scene, okay, so like Boromir's death, that, it doesn't happen in the book. So there was, they took some, they added some things in the movies too that weren't in the book that I feel like made it work so much better. Like, yeah. um, like I said, Boromir's death where he told Aragorn that he would have followed him to the end and he called him his king finally. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, that was such a powerful moment for me in the movie mm-hmm. that wasn't in the book. Right. And now this movie, 93 million estimated budget. Do you remember how much the movie grossed worldwide? Oh, my God. Like 300 million? 300. Oh, sometimes three. Times 900 million? <laughs> Eight, 898 million, 94,742 dollars. Golly. It must have been 300 million local. Uh, that is <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, gross U.S. and Canada three hundred sixteen million one hundred fifteen thousand. Hey, I was close. Yeah. There you go. Exactly, that's what you were thinking. So, uh, what about you? As far as taking five movies from that time frame, what what is one movie you want to throw out there first for you on your pick? Okay, I'm going to throw this one out there first because you can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't do this was the first, aside from Lord of the Rings, this was the very first movie that came to my mind, and uh, I wish I had a clip for you to where. You could hear him say, are you not entertained? <laughs> Gladiator, man. Gladiator came Gladiator. out in the year 2000 with Russell Crowe. Yep. This movie was so incredible. Joaquin Phoenix and his hair lip played the evil uh, prince or whatever. And, you know, Not to make fun of people with hair lips, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, yeah, Maximus, uh, Maximus, uh, Marcus, what was it? Maximus Dedimus Aurelius. Was that its name? Is that how? You, was that all of it? I I believe that's it. I believe it sounds Maximus right. Dedimus Aurelius. It, it's been a while since I've seen it. Although I did see a clip from it just the other day. It's funny you bring that up, but I have not watched the entire movie in a while. Yeah, it's been a long time. I remember when it came out. Man, the cinematography was just so beyond anything we'd seen at the time. You know what I mean? The, that that beginning where they did the. The, the the big war scene with the Gauls coming out of the woods, and then they had the the the, uh, the oil that they set on fire, and just like this gritty battle was just so man that above what was going on at the time, and then the story 
was there and it's it's fairly historically accurate you know they show how the the gladius was given when uh, a gladiator won his freedom and they showed all the some of the political stuff that was going on at the time and yeah. you know just it was a and it was just supremely entertaining like like Russell Crowe was an instant just total BA after that man it's like you put Russell Crowe in a movie after Gladiator you're making money <laughs> and he did go on to have a lot more you know, great films beyond Gladiator oh absolutely a beautiful mind and um shoot he was golly bum I can't even think. he's got one out right now that I want to see I think it's, it's got something to do with Road Rage I can't remember the name of it it might be the name of it but he he actually uh he was in um uh another another one of my top recommended movies that people watch even if they don't like musicals and that's uh Le Mis. And he sang in it. Like he tried so hard. I had respect for him. <laughs> a lot of people that you can't that you don't know can sing. <laughs> they get in these things and they just belt them out like you wouldn't believe. I, I didn't know that uh, uh Hugh Jackman was uh, any type of singer. Oh yeah, and he can go. He can blow, man. He can blow. Yeah, then, uh, he did. Uh, I think he started that in what was it? That movie Australia. I think was the first one that he did, and then I, he did The Miz. I don't. Well, I know he was in the the movie The Showman because my daughter loves that movie. Yeah, he did The Showman. Oh, was that? Oh no, that was. Uh, dang it, Ewan McGregor. I was thinking of um, Moulin Rouge, but that was Ewan McGregor. Oh, okay. But back to our movie. So we had a budget of a hundred and three million dollars, which. I guess explains why we had such great cinematography. Because <laughs> that's a that's a rather large estimated budget. You got to spend that money somewhere. That's it. Uh, so I would say it was successful though because it grossed worldwide uh, four hundred and sixty-five million three hundred and eighty thousand and change. You can't beat at that. two hours and thirty-five minutes. So you can't beat that. No doubt. No doubt. Well, what was what is uh what are we going at at uh, your number two? Uh well I, I've I've got no more clips to play so I'm not going to go that route any longer just so everybody knows <laughs> okay. my, my number two um uh, is from 2008 and okay. this is this is a movie that started or is what oh, they gonna, say I think I know what it is I know you know what it is this is what they say started it all that's what they say and everybody who knows me knows I am a fan of the Marvel movies. Uh-huh. And in 2008, we got Robert Downey Jr. doing the first Iron Man movie. There you go. I had Heck to go yeah. with this one. I mean, I had to go with it because while Iron Man, the first movie, is not exactly my favorite Marvel movie, uh, probably not in my top three favorite Marvel movies. You gotta pull it's it off still, the significance. It's still within the time frame of 2000, 2009, and it is, like I said, what started it all. It was a little bit rough for uh-huh. how we get used to seeing Iron Man look later down the road all the right. way down into uh, Endgame because the suits he has at that point, I believe, are all uh, nanotechnology. Nanotech, yeah. So, I mean, he just pulls a zipper on a coat or he pulls his drawstrings out and the suit pops up out of nowhere, takes some glasses uh-huh. off or something. Now the suit's here just growing on him or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy how it goes. But RDJ well, um, is Tony Stark. There, in my mind, oh, yes. I cannot see anyone else as Tony Stark. When he came out and the facial hair, like everything, the way he talked, the way he acted, was like it was like Tony Stark walked off the pages of the Dagum comic, dude. It felt that it, way. It, it was as good. Him and Chris Hemsworth, I think, are like the two best castings from the yes. pages of the book. It's just inc- incredible. Yes, yes, and um, I think it's Adam Carolla. I want to say it was Adam Carolla, uh, has asked him, would he come back if the fans demanded it enough? Would Robert Downey Jr. come back and reprise the role of Iron Man? And he said, why? He says, wouldn't you just look at it and go, oh, really? Like, why? You know, because you've gone through all this trouble to build him up. And then he has this wonderful scene, spoiler for people who haven't yeah. seen it. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, I don't claim you. But, uh, you know, right. free, he he finally becomes that person that Captain America told him he would never be. He would right. never be the person to lay down his life for anybody else. You know, right. he would he wouldn't fall on. That it's, such a, it's it's so perfect. It's so yeah. it's, I, I'm with him 100 percent on that. It's so perfect, and we've got so much other things in the works now too. You know, we don't need Tony anymore. He was a 
heck of a leader. What I would like to see RDJ do is go back and do some more daggum uh, Sherlock Holmes movie. I, don't, I want to see what comes after him and Moriarty go over the damn cliff. Well, I mean, there's always a possibility of doing more of those, obviously. He needs more films to do, and maybe he wants something new altogether, or maybe, you know, you never yeah. know what he might do. I mean, they, as far as Marvel goes, he may come back eventually, and what I think is just a Marvel would just be a new thing. Maybe since up. more doing the multiverse stuff, and Disney owns yes. both companies, he can come back as a force ghost. Oh, I, who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Or, or, you know, since there's a multiverse, he could be a Tony Stark in another multiverse. But get this. Yeah, he, absolutely. He's not, you get this, he's, he's, he's not Iron Man. He's just Tony Stark. Yeah, I could do all kinds of, all kind of ways they I could do it. They could bring him in to be the new voice of, uh, it's a Jarvis or, or Friday. Or wouldn't know, that be something? He could, he could be the new voice because supposedly, you know, he downloads his, his thoughts, his 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 brains, or whatever his 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 his, his intellect, you know, in, into a system, and he can be right. the new Jarvis talking about directing, you know, just directing the Avengers and what they need to do. There's no more Captain yeah. America; he's gone. So, I mean, having a familiar voice and a familiar type person might bring a group like that closer together. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you never know. I don't know if they go that route or not. But uh, back to the movie itself. Like I said, started everything off. Not a terribly long movie, I don't think it was. Uh, well, no. Well, no, that's the wrong thing I'm looking at. Uh, two hours and six minutes. Not terribly long, but I mean, just a good length of time. $140 million budget and gross worldwide $585,796,247. Right. So it was definitely something that was big in the sense that it started it all. It got the ball rolling. At the end of the movie, you got a, a, a end scene credit based on another movie. And which brought up another one, which led to another end credit scene, which brought up another movie, and they really worked them all into one big group, and they, you know, they just they did it right, and this started yeah. it all. So back in your direction here, taking a second pick, which way would you go? I want to let's see if I can get an audio going here. Let's see. I suppose you deserve that one. No, that one. Huh? Can you hear that one? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't Maybe think I did. No. So anyway. Uh, that was the scene. That was the scene where uh, old girl slapped Captain Jack and uh, young William. Turner <laughs> I might have deserved that. Deserved that one. He said, "No, I deserve that one." Yeah, I might have deserved that one. So my uh, Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl, man. All right. Um, this movie was just so crazy, so cool. Um, it, it, adults, kids, everybody loved it. Everybody was running around trying to talk like Jack Sparrow, like. Everybody fell in love with Kira Knightley all over again. Um, all the ladies fell in love with Legolas again, as as Will as Will Turner. Yeah, Disney killed it, man. You know the ride had been the ride's been at Disney since what since since the place opened. You know, the Pirates of the Caribbean, and then they made yeah. a movie based on the ride. And who would have thought? Yeah, this movie right here was just man, it changed. It, it was another one of those game changer type things that just created a. Not a cult. What do you call it? It created a, a pop culture movement, you know? Right. Just, just, ins it just insanity. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was watching it. Like, it was so good. Uh, it had a huge budget, too. It had a $140 million budget. And it, yeah, it did probably mm, four to five times that. Four times and, that. And talk about being typecasted now. Uh -huh. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is just all he is is Jack Sparrow now, and there was a yeah, threat. That he I, would, would argue, yeah, I would argue that to be honest, really, but but I mean I agree with you though because now they now they like when he did um when he did uh, the Mad Hatter they're like oh he just kept flopping back and forth in between but no he didn't he was doing a Scottish accent I didn't hear Jack Sparrow that much in it but so I mean I guess you're right yeah because they, they people well as far were, as what people know him as if you were asked somebody yeah. hey. You know who Johnny Depp is? They're like, Jack Sparrow? Yeah, yeah I know who yeah. he is. I mean, you know, if you ask me, who do I know who Johnny Depp is? I, oh since, hell, yeah. since, since I'm one of these retro people, my first thought is, yeah, I watched 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street, him and Richard Grieco. But yeah, you know who Richard Grieco is now? <laughs> um, Richard Grieco, actually, well, he was there one season with him. He was the, he was brought in, if you remember, to kind of take Depp's place. Because uh -huh. Johnny Depp was leaving. 
So right. Johnny Depp, if you think Johnny Depp and a partner, you would be thinking Peter DeLuise. That was yeah. the one played one played Pinhole in the show. Right. That was his partner in the show. But yeah, but you, you know, think of Johnny Depp, man. I think I think of Benny and June and Edward Scissorhands and what's Eden Gilbert Great. Right. We're about what's eating Gilbert Great and the Secret Room and like, dude, golly, bum, he's been in so many movies. There's a, there's a scary movie he did, I think called The Ninth Gate, that was really cool. It was, uh, it wasn't scary, a writer. but he was a writer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah, he so was Johnny, in, uh, he was in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Johnny's one of the best actors of our time. He's been I would around. put him among among Definitely. the best. And we also had. Jeffrey Rush, who I love playing Barbosa, Captain Barbosa, I felt like with, like he was right there with Captain Jack Sparrow for me. I love Captain Barbosa, man. Well, they had a lot of good names uh, in that movie. You mm-hmm. know that, that was in there. I mean, it was it was a great thing. They Stand had a out. good thing. Well, you had Kira Knightley, Orlando Bloom, in there with him as well. Zoe um, Saldana. No, she was Zoe- in the- no, she was in the second one, I believe, wasn't she? Was she in the first one? Uh, no, she was Anna Marie, dude. She's the one that slapped Oh, me. she was. You're right. You're yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. He stole her ship. He's the one that stole her ship. She, yeah. went, she ended up going on the actual trip with them. And they didn't, Mr. Gibbs. Right, didn't she had a minor she role. She had a minor role in it, I yeah. guess you'd say. She was kind of minor. And then uh, at the end, my chick that played, oh, my God, I, I was in love with her. People called me crazy, too, but I can always pick them out, even when they're deep in makeup. But the one that played Calypso at the end? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm in love with her. I can't remember her name, but, but yeah, she's she great, looks, too. I've seen her in some looks, other stuff. She looks completely different when you look at her, her out I, of makeup. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, absolutely. We, we should all expect that. No, We know that's not how she truly looks. But what I'm trying to say is, is when you see her out of makeup, right. you're like, wow. I would not have known unless you knew beforehand. You'd be like, I would right. never have known. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's something else. I saw her in a cop movie too, not too long ago. Right, so, but anyway, we're gonna we're gonna run out of time here. We keep on playing around. We're on uh, we're only on number three for you, two for me. Well, three for me. If we're gonna go this way, I'm gonna go ahead. I've got uh, actually two for my original five picks. I gotta go to one of my backups because honestly, the Black Pearl was on. <laughs> oh, I stole one too. Hey, hey, that was that was um. But like you said, we're gonna overlap. Um, yeah, we're, we're I'm going to go just in case you don't steal this one from me as well. I I had to get this one. It's the best of the three. It was the had the best. Uh, I'm just gonna say it. Uh, at Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay. I thought you were going it, for something different. You still no, haven't got the one that no. I was thinking yet. No, I went with this one because, to me, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Star Wars fan, first and foremost. You know this. Yep. I, unlike a lot of people, I did like the trilogies, although uh, I can agree with people that the Jar Jar Binks was unnecessary. Yes. Um, I mean, but the third installment of this, where you see Anakin turning to the dark side finally and becoming Vader and seeing Obi-Wan and Anakin have their first major meeting, their first major fight when he has to go kill Anakin and mm-hmm. seeing Yoda break out with the lightsaber skills and his four skills against the Emperor. Right. And taking him on. And this was just something as a Star Wars fan that you just you you love seeing. You hate seeing the fact that some of the major Jedi from the Jedi Council are now wiped out because you would think they would have lasted more than as, as as wise and strong as they were. And some of them still live and scattered amongst the galaxy. You find out later when you're watching things like uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels and things like that, uh, some of the people that were still around. Um, and so it's just, it was all around great and fun for me. The lightsaber battles were the best in this movie yes, versus agreed. any of the others ahead. I mean, I you, could take, you could take four, five, and six from years ago and take one and two and top on top of it. And still, this movie had the best what they had. I'll agree, I'll agree with that 100%. Because um, it, it was, that, yeah, that, those lightsaber battles are just insane. Just totally they're, insane. They're insane. And, and if you could see the original plan they had for some of the fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin, um, it, it was it was amazing what they cut out. They could have made such a, mm-hmm. such a better fight scene. They had incorporated a lot of uh, force techniques in with it. Like right. uh, Obi Wan <laughs> um, I'm I'm like you, I'm about to start coughing here. Uh, mm. Obi Wan throwing things at Anakin 
and Anakin blocking it with ease and slinging it aside like he was weak. Too. Right. Yeah, it's... um. Oh, and by were... the way, uh, anybody who has not seen the Obi-Wan series on... on oh Disney, my God, it's so good. Yeah, if you hadn't seen it, you're really missing out. Is, no doubt, is, and and I, I was so mad. I, I stayed mad at him until the until the last episode. I stayed so mad. I was loving it and hating it at the same time until the last episode, and I was like, "Okay, I'm cool with that." You and I can't see, elaborate on any of that, but I'm right. But I mean, you see an Obi Wan that you've never seen before, right? Exactly, and that's what, and that's what makes it great. I mean, mm-hmm. so it really, um, it really was. was Revenge nice. of the Sith, 113 million budget, estimated worldwide grossed. Eight hundred sixty-eight million three hundred ninety thousand five hundred sixty. It almost caught Fellowship of the Ring there. Two hours yeah. and twenty minutes long. Uh, but I mean, like the last twenty minutes of the movie is straight lightsaber fighting between right. Yoda and the Emperor and uh, Anakin and Obi Wan. It is like their story. I mean, for the last five minutes, I guess fifteen minutes straight of it. In the last five minutes, being you know what what happens. At the very, very end of them, just going Heck, separate yeah. ways. But uh, to me, that was a, a solid pick on some of the great movies in that decade. Uh, let's jump I to number so. three. To number three so. for you, there, Travis. So number three for me is going to end my last of the obvious movies, and this one may not be quite so obvious, even. Um, <laughs> Lord, excuse me. But I'm going with one of the highest grossing, not of this decade, but one of the highest grossing box office movies. Highest grossing box office movies of of all time, period. Uh, especially with the, with oh. the new one about oh, to come I out. Oh, I know. I know. I started saying no way. Especially with the new one about to come out. You were going to get I was, it. Were you, I was, I was going to do it, and I knew you would take it, so I left it off. Oh, sweet. Heck yeah. So the new one's coming out real soon, and I have saw, I have seen the trailer for it in IMAX and in 3D, so... Uh, uh, go watch it that way, definitely. With a budget, a large, large budget of $237 million, this movie grossed $2 billion. Billion with a B like it's in boy. $2 billion, boy. $847 million, 397, $339 estimated worldwide. That is James Cameron's Avatar. And this and that, movie and that was a great movie. That was oh awesome. my god, dude! The way that they brought in the 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 CGI had never done that before. CGI hadn't even come close to what that movie was before mm-hmm. that movie. You know what I mean? And, and for those for anyone that listens to this that didn't that it wasn't that didn't see this movie at the time that it came out and know where special effects and graphics and things like this were at the time, this movie was so revolutionary and groundbreaking and just mind boggling at when it came out and, and beautiful gorgeous oh my god and the story was amazing like everything I mean, about colors, this movie was perfect the colors were so bright in the whole movie it seemed like oh my gosh yes and then at night when everything glows and and like mm-hmm. dude this movie yeah. it, like it borders being the perfect movie it was it was mind-blowing special effects it was a heartfelt story it had action it had some comedy there were some scary moments in it where you thought people were, that you didn't want to die was going to die um Stephen lang who should have been cable i was fuck i'll die on this hill Stephen lang <laughs> Stephen lang as the bad guy was amazing and he he was great it's like just sigourney weaver and uh there again zoe saldana she voiced um what's what was i can't remember the doggone name of well, I can't remember any of their names at all. I just remember the, um, I remember the movie, but names Natiri, I don't remember. Natiri. She, it was Natiri. It was Jake Sully and Natiri. Those are the only two names I remember. Jake and Natiri. So she voiced Natiri, and yeah, it's just... Funny you know what else what did, can you now? say about it? Just slam out I, crazy I, movie. I'll, I'll tell you what you can say about it. it. It opened the doors for the possibilities of making some movies you and I had discussed that they should be making and haven't yet, and we were talking about trying to do, like, a yeah. casting of the movie one day, but if they can make Avatar, they could make a movie about Thundercats. Oh, absolutely. We could have Thundercats 100% and make yes. it look good and make it and do it good, do it well. Yes, they could. It, it opened, and not just Thundercats, but anything that was a cartoon that you liked growing up that you want to see on the big screen mm-hmm. um, and, and done well, they have the, they have the abilities, no doubt, 
since that time now to do right. these kind of things. Think about what they've done. And bring some realism between, to it, too. Exactly. Between Avatar and Transformers. Right. I mean, how realistic yeah. you can make something real. 100%. Oh, I have to throw this out there, too. I, I am sitting here talking about how great the story is with Avatar, but I do have to mention that it is, sorry, James, it is a total ripoff of the old school cartoon Fern Gully. I hate it, but it is. <laughs> like, kind of the whole story is, you know what I mean? The fairies and the dude getting turned down into the fairy, but, you know. Yeah, it is what it is, right? I don't want right? to call it plagiarism or nothing, but, you know, yeah, you watch this movie and you're like, as a, as a 80s baby or, you know, anyone who's seen Fern Gully, you're like, this feels really familiar. <laughs> <laughs> There's nonetheless, something, nonetheless, something, something oddly familiar to it. I, mean, I know, right? And it, even the it. scene, it's, it's even got the scene in it where I, I haven't seen where James has just been like, yeah, we, we did some stuff. But, you know, I think what they call them Easter eggs, it seems like almost where, you know, one of the they're throwing rocks at one of the pieces of machinery that comes through. And like that actually that actually happens in Fern Gully as well. So it's like the exact same scene. Yeah. But which. I'm totally cool with because, like I said, this is a spectacular movie. I cannot wait. My my wife is chomping at the bit. This is one of her favorite movies of all time. Um, and like I said, the new one coming out. When I first saw it, the commercial for it or the trailer for it, I was like, I saw it in the theaters. And I was like, man, that's, that's a little disappointing. And like it doesn't look as good as I was expecting it to. And then I took my son to see whatever movie we went and saw uh, in 3D. And uh, it was Jurassic Park, actually. We went and saw it in 3D. And we, the trailer for this came on in 3D, and it was, once again, just mind-boggling. It was like, oh, my God, we have to come watch this. Well, it's going to be something that a lot of people are looking forward to, and it's probably going to do just as you know, just as well. Well, I, I would hope it would do just as well. Hopefully, this is not one of those movies that goes back when you get a great first edition of it, and the second one comes in and just flops. Hopefully right. that will not be the case. And if, if they don't come in with a strong story that's better than the first story, then a lot of people are going to be like, it's just more the same. And, you know, right. They're going yeah, to be words, words going to get out and nobody will watch it. Right. And so I don't, I don't know if we could have, I don't, it would have to be a seriously special thing to capture that kind of box office gross. I would think these days too, because, you know, a lot of people are, depending on their streaming services. A lot of people aren't going to the movies, the COVID, and, you know, but Regal has this thing too that I recommend to everyone. If uh, get your Regal Cinemas card, you can pay between, I think it's not, I think it's actually, I think it's like 15 or 16 and $30 a month somewhere. It's a subscription deal where you get, um, you can go watch free movies as much as you want. Um, if you go to IMAX or you go to the ones that have no super savers, you get in for like $6. You get discounted tickets on, you get, uh, so if you take another adult, you always get matinee prices on them, and you can get free tickets for your kids. I think I get Connor into most movies for about three or four dollars, so that's totally worth looking into for anyone. And you, not to mention, you build up points that. that go towards your snacks. I mean, popcorn yes, I've got free popcorn. You get upgrades, and you even get free movie tickets. Yes, I mean, as long as you keep building points up, then you're going to be getting those free upgrades and tickets and such. It's definitely worth. I don't have the monthly deal yet because there hasn't been a lot come out lately that's had my interest. Oh, in my laps. There's going to be a point soon to where I may go ahead and do it, and then I'll go watch, you know, five or six movies in a month and call it, you know, a win-win because I would have spent a ton more money. Yeah, by the time you by the time you go see your second movie, you it's paid for itself. Well, well on to your number four, Chris. My my number four. Um, I'm going to go with my number four here as being one of the Harry Potter movies. Now, there's so many ways you can go with Harry Potter. Mr. Potter! As far as, I I don't remember when the very first Harry Potter, what year it came out, if it was a 2000 movie or not. But, uh, this particular movie I'm taking is 2007 Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Um, I really loved the book when the book came out. It's so deep and in-depth of what they do. Uh, the kids are coming of age to where they're, they've learned so much in the magical world of, of spells and dueling and everything else. And now they can, it's, it's not like in the first movie where they're just being rowdy and going through the castle and sneaking around with an invisibility cloak and 
uh, they're learning how to, to, to disarm somebody with the expelliarmus or something, or you know, mm-hmm. or or they tried to hit a funny spell to where he'll be vomiting slugs and it backfires on him or something. Like the the one guy happened to was Ron and happened to, but in this movie, they things are really starting to get deep now. Um, it's 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 been rumored that uh, you know Voldemort is back from the previous movie. Nobody wants to believe it or see it. Uh, the only people that believe it was Dumbledore and Harry, because Harry's seen it firsthand, and Dumbledore believes it's happened. And mm-hmm. you, you get your first appearance now. Well, not your first. His first was at the end of The Goblet of Fire. But in this movie, you get more in-depth with Voldemort now. And everybody sees it happening at the end of it. And there's the one big duel with Voldemort and Dumbledore that was great that everybody wanted to see. And we wanted to see a lot more. If you were a fan of it, you wanted a bigger, longer battle between but what we right. got was 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 outstanding to begin with, and good. Uh-huh. So I mean, plus like I said, you see the kids coming of age and getting so much more action to them, becoming more like adult and everything. Uh, I wanted, I actually wanted to pick the uh, the the last movie is what I wanted to pick, uh, uh-huh. but I got to thinking this has much more meaning to it for me in the series of the movies, and I'm only, we're only picking one from the series, so this. The other one was my backup in case you took this one. Ah, oh, I got you. Since, since you didn't, I got I got this one here. Um, Heck yeah! Uh, I mean, it's a great I mean, pick. Right, and then Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. He'll he'll always be known as Harry Potter. All, all three of these kids: Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, Rupert Grant. Everybody will know them forever as the kids from Harry Potter. I don't care what they do in life; that's what they are. Brendan Gleeson, yeah. that played Mad Eye Moody, has been in so many other things in the past. But since Harry Potter, when I think of Brendan Gleeson, I think of two movies. I think of Lake Placid because he's, uh-huh. his role was his role was so funny in it. Yeah, he is a sheriff, sarcastic kind of funny. But I think of him as you know, Mad Eye Moody. That's all I right, see. Right, right. And see, I think of him. I can think of him in uh, in Gangs of New York. I can yeah. think of him, like you said, in Lake Placid. There's a new uh-huh. movie out with him and Colin Farrell in it that I really want to see. I can't remember the name of. I have to see, tell you that about that one after the podcast but it looks really hilarious but uh yeah that dude's been around a lot and he's a great great scottish actor this yeah, movie here this this movie here 150 million dollar estimated budget like you mentioned earlier when you were guessing 300 million that's what it grossed roughly in the u.s and canada 292 million but worldwide this movie took in 942 million 201,710 dollars and it ran for two hours and 18 Yep, we all know Mr. Porter. Mr. Porter. Well, let's well, hit number four great, for you. That is a, that's actually a great segue into my number four, because that way I can put on the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon with this. And so, <laughs> my number four, um, I don't think you would consider it a box office success. It would be a minor success, I think you would say. Um, but it has the late, great Alan Rickman, who was, of course, mm-hmm. Professor Snape. And yes. then it's got uh, it has Timothy Spall who played uh, he plays Beetle in this movie, but I can't remember. His... It's funny that I remember this movie so well, but I don't remember his name in Harry Potter. But he was ra- he was Ron's rat, the one that turned himself into the rat, the little yeah. ratty looking dude. So uh, that was Timothy Spall. That was uh, Peter it... Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew, yes. So we have Peter Pettigrew. We have the Half Blood Prince himself, and then we have uh, a lady who I'm. Been head over heels in love with as long as I can remember, Miss Helena Bottom Carter, who was uh, uh, Bellatrix Lestrange. Lestrange. Mm-hmm. So we got Bellatrix Lestrange, all three. And then we go right back around to Mr. Johnny Depp. Oh, and we have uh, we have Sasha Barrett Cohen in this movie as well. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Sweeney Todd. This movie, I have watched this movie... I can't even countless times. This, it's one that I'll put on to go to sleep to. I love it so much. As, as as you know about me, I do. One of my, I guess people would be taken aback by one of my, uh, one of the types of things that I do love is musicals. I love musicals, man. And Sweeney Todd is just so great. It incorporates my horror. I'm a, I'm a huge horror fan, so it incorporates my horror into just a really good story about love and loss and dude and then you got all the 
you know what I mean? Like Sweeney Todd in here singing. You got Helena Bonham Carter and Sasha Baron Cohen. They own this, or, or Sasha Baron Cohen was a uh, he. He played like a rival barber, and um, I was getting back. I was thinking they they also play together in Les Mis, where they're a married couple that own a bar. <laughs> so, but in this movie, anyway, she's in love with Sweeney Todd. She owns. She makes the worst, worst meat pies in London. So when he starts exact, exacting his revenge. On the townsfolk, she's they start cooking the bodies into her meat pies, and then her meat pies become the best-selling, most famous meat pies in London. So they're killing people and feeding those people to the masses of London. It's like, dude, it's it's so great, it's so great. And like I said, it's a mediocre success um, with a fifty million dollar budget. Let me, I'm getting scrolled back down to my factoids here. Uh, yeah, fifty million dollar budget, and it grossed worldwide like hundred and fifty three. So, like I said, I feel like it's a mediocre success, but it's one of those. It's kind of like a cult type thing. Like if you either love it, you know about it, and you love it, or you don't know about it, or you do know about it and you hate it. Like, there's no in between. I, I it never was one that I, I honestly I'm trying to remember if I watched it the first time or if I just watched parts of it. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't think I've seen it all the way through. It is it's magnificent. Especially if you like, even if you just like weird stuff, if you just like, if you could call this a weird movie, like, man, that was weird, dude. But, you know, so his, they start out basically just a quick overview. So him and his wife have a child. They live on the streets and this like this powerful, I don't know the actually what he's called, but we'll call him a governor basically takes everything from John, from him, from Sweeney. He thinks that his wife's dead. He thinks he murdered her. And so he leaves town and comes back and come to find out this governor is taking his daughter. Uh, he's become her benefactor and he's wanting to basically to raise her and her to marry him. And she ends up falling in love with this dude and trying to run off. And then it's like, they, like I said, he goes through exacting revenge on all the people that contributed to him getting ran out of town and not being able to be with his love. Maybe it was him and the governor were in love with the same girl. I said I watched this a hundred thousand times and I can't tell you the story accurately, but <laughs> you know how my brain works. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's a great story, and the movie is just—it's like if you like Tim Burton too. I think Tim Burton's involved in it, so I mean, if you like stuff like that, you'll love this movie. Well, I'm, I got, I'm trying to—I'm trying to determine for number five. I got three choices left here. I can go with. Okay. Because I, I had some backups, right? I went ahead and got rid of a couple. Well, we'll of go backups. through and, and yeah, we we got to go through and let her, let everybody know what our backups uh, slash honorable mentions were. Honorable mentions. Well, I've already gotten rid of them off the screen, but I kind of I know what they were though. But for my last one, I I, I kind of want to go different from what you're going, and I, I have mm-hmm. a feeling what you're going to take for your last one. Mm-hmm. I think but, you're gonna be, I think you're going to be wrong. I think uh, I think my last one's going to come out of left field to you. It, it just might. I might be surprised. <laughs> um, I am. I, I think what I'm going to do because I was a fan of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and uh, you did get the Curse of the Black Pearl before I could get to mm-hmm. it. But I really did like At World's End. Yes, uh, I that thought was it had a had a great story to it. It was fun. There was so much action to it, and the way it worked out in the end, it's always like it's always like Jack Sparrow always has something that's in the back of his mind. You don't know where he's going with. Like you think the story is going a certain direction, and he's gonna he's gonna take care of himself, and before you know it, he's already helped somebody else instead. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, it's this is where Pirates of the Caribbean stopped for me. I did not care for the one uh, where they thought they found the Fountain of Youth or whatever it was. Um, yeah, wasn't that that's the one that had uh, Ian McKellen in it? Or not? Uh, no, um, uh, Ian McKellen, Ian, Ian uh, Swearinger off a of doggone Deadwood. He played uh, Blackbeard. Blackbeard, yes, yes. Yeah, and had uh, and his then, daughter. Uh, Man, yeah, I don't like Penelope Cruz anyway. I think she looks like she smells like baloney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be in my mind all night now. That'll be in my mind all night now. Hey, I can't do uh, a show without getting one out there. <laughs> but I. I, I particular version of it. It was a good story. Like I said, you get the, the big battle at the end with all the ships. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know how to explain it any more in depth than that. I mean, it's, it, it had a good cast. It still kept going forward. You know, right. you got, uh, uh, of course, Johnny Depp, of course. Uh, Orlando Bloom has reprised his role again now as he be, him being the new Davy Jones. Right. Uh, over the, the ship. Uh, Kira Knightley. 
back in it. Jeffrey Rush in it as Barbosa. Uh, you, know, you got Jack Davenport as Norrington in there still. Yeah, uh, we had all the original crew. It was all, yeah, all the, all the, the OGs back together. Right, all the original crews together. Kevin McNally is Gibbs. Now, Stellan Skarsgård, I didn't realize Stellan Skarsgård was Bootstrap Bill, but now that I think about it, I, yeah. it is. I, I can see it now. When I go back and look at it in my mind, I can yeah. see that. So uh, it says here now, I, are you sure when you said of uh, Zoe Saldana playing in the first one? I thought, I could have swore she was is, is the, the character's name is, is the character's name Tia Dalma? Tia Dalma. I don't know. I don't oh. remember that. Because Naomi Harris plays in this movie as Tia Dalma, and it kind of looks like the girl who was in the crew. I'm not sure about that one. Let me, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure myself. That's why I was me, asking if you let knew. Let me quickly cross-reference with IMDB, the International Movie Database, who I consider to be the ultimate authority on all things. While you were cross-checking. Mm-hmm. I've already got it pulled up. Okay, what you got? All right. Uh, yes, Zoe Saldana played Anna Marie in the first movie, and she is definitely, yeah, The Curse of the Black Pearl, and she's definitely okay. the, the girl that slapped him. Okay, so, so, okay, so Anna Maria is the name of the person from The Creedon. Okay. I don't know who yes. this other person is supposed to be then, who Tia Dalma is. Tia Dalma. Uh, I'd have to see her. What movie are we on? Uh, this at is World's at, at, at World's End. It says uh, here, now, it says, Now Jack, Barbosa, Will, Elizabeth, Tia Dalma, and crew must call the Pirates Lord from the four corners of the globe. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Wait a minute. Oh, that's, um, oh, that's, oh, man, that's not the, the, the girl, the, the, the woman that we were talking about earlier, is it? Probably, but I know her as Calypso. I don't remember her name as the witch. So it could be her if her name's Tia Dalma as the witch. It's her. I just clicked on the name Tia Dalma and that's what it's showing. Okay, then yes. That's yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Can't believe I didn't pick yes, up on Naomi that. Yes, Naomi Harris. Yes. I did not pick up on it. I can't believe that. Yes, All right, I well, love her. That being I, said. She was in Skyfall, too. She was in uh, 007 Skyfall. Yes. So that being said, oh, so yes. this movie, this movie here. Yeah, budgeted three hundred million dollars. That's a large mm. budget for a film. Three hundred million. Large budget. Uh, had, it That's did do well though. I mean, they did a lot with million. it too. Well, it did. They did a lot with it. They did, but they made nine hundred sixty million nine hundred ninety six thousand four ninety two. Two hours forty nine minutes long, almost a three hour movie. Mm-hmm. But if it was three hours, I still would have watched it. It was it was a great movie, and that really? right there. Is going to wrap up my five. Let's get your fifth one out there. I'm going to round out my top five. Um, my what I call my best friend slash little brother slash son would choke me if I didn't do this. Is uh, Bobby Dell Gray, who I had a hand in raising. It, it choked me if I didn't pick this as one of my top five. Uh, and I'm surprised that neither one of us went with the Dark Knight. That's I, I pushed that over to my backup. Okay. So shout out to Dark Knight. I did not take it a moment ago because I thought that was going to be your fifth, and I was going to leave it for you. Uh, I knew you were going to be—I knew you were going to be surprised because this one's been. This one is—I didn't know where it was going to place, but it, I knew it was in here the whole time. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. No way. Yeah, yeah, there's, uh. yeah, dude. That I mean, just—I remember as being an old school, just being an old school martial arts fan, being an old school daggum. These types of movies, fan Crouch and Tiger came out, and this movie, and it's a toss up. To, and it's not even a toss up. House, uh, House of a Thousand Daggers comes is right there with it as far as visuals, um, and it also stars uh, the little girl that played in uh, Memoirs of a Geisha and played in this and played um, Jen in this um, Zizang or Zhao Zhang or something. I, I don't know how to say her name. I'm not gonna try anymore. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Xing Shang 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 But this, the, the love story between Li Bai and Yushu was just gut wrenching. Uh, and it, it went to show, too, like the, you know, how they held honor as supreme. Like, you know, one's honor and their, their strength of character was just supreme in this society. And, and, and that goes for most of the Asian societies, too. Like, you know, in, in Japan and China and. Vietnamese, you know, all of this culture is just, you know, for respect from her dead husband, who was his friend, they've been in love with each other since forever, but they never would even admit it to themselves or to one another until Limi Bai is, you know, 
on his deathbed out of respect for her her dead husband who died like 30, 30 or 40 years ago. So it's like, if you guys would have just, you know, so you got that gut-riching thing going on. You got Jen wanting to come up and be, she well, she's wanting revenge for her dead mom, and she's wanting to, I mean, you just got all this stuff. The Jade Fox coming in. Uh, Limu Bai, she gets the, the sword, the Green Destiny, which is supposed to be able to, you know, it's like the it's like the Excalibur of, of their area, of their era, I guess. Um, and then you see Limu Bai pick up a piece of a, a bamboo stick and, and just, make her look like a fool and she's got the she's got the green destiny and he's got a piece of bamboo and he just makes her look like a fool you know we, we watched this movie over and over and over again uh it grossed 17 million i mean it budgeted 17 million i don't know if the exchange rate is active on that but <laughs> uh, i don't know if that's yen or dollars i'm, I'm gonna say it's dollars probably so, uh, dollars it, <laughs> yeah it grossed two hundred and thirteen million plus worldwide, so I'd say it did say it did pretty well. <laughs> and you know, it brought a lot to you know Michelle Yeoh, who's been doing she's been doing martial arts movies since the seventies, and it kind of I think here in the stateside, it really brought her a lot of attention. And you know, now she's in the Marvel universe, and uh, she just put a she just put a new movie out that I haven't watched yet called Everything. Everywhere, all at once. That looks pretty cool. Uh, Chow Young Fat. It brought some some more. I think he. I think Chow had had some success over here earlier. It just kind of brought him back around. You know what I mean? And then that girl, like I said, you know, she had House of a Thousand Daggers, and then Memoirs of a Geisha, which is also. It's not a hooker movie. If you if you're listening and you're wondering, it's not a hooker <laughs> movie at all. Not what the, not what the movie's about. The movie is about. The movie's actually about dedication, loyalty, and love, and it is an amazing. St- I watched that movie and I was like, I need a chick like that. Like, <laughs> like that's the woman we all need in our life. You know what I mean? It but is, thank you for so, clearing that up for us that it was yeah, not yeah. one of those. Yeah, that's not. It's not what you think it is when you first see the name of it. Because you know, we all think geishas. We think it's it's a hooker yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I, it's not gonna, at all what it is. I, I, I'm going to tell you something now. Now that I hear that as your as your fifth movie, and we were uh-huh. talking about moving on to honorable mentions and backups and everything, I will uh-huh. say it's a surprise to me that neither one of us took a Stallone movie like Rocky Balboa or or Rambo. You know, the- and and you know what? I almost did. I almost did take one of those. I edged it out. Bruce edged him out. It's really an ensemble. One of my backups. I think my probably what would have been my first take as a backup. Uh, what were now? We're not going to break the backups down, but what was your other backup? My other backups. I had uh, I had Zombie Land, mm-hmm. and then I had uh, 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 Dark Knight, the, the Batman movie, and then I had Sin City, and That's I had it. another one. Yeah, oh, I love Sin City. Love, love, love Sin City. And then I had another one. I can't remember. Cannot remember for the life of me what it was. I, I, I remember what it was. I remember what it was, and and the reason why I, the reason why I picked it, and the reason why I just shoved it back to a backup, was because it's not, in my opinion, one of the best movies, but the profound effect that it had on people, and um, for a small amount of time, the positive impact that I saw on our society, in particular here in America, um, was the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, I, I saw it. That had a, it had a big impact, you know, there for a little while until everybody just started running with the devil again. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Everybody has that thought that they can uh, get right for a little bit, and they can go wrong for a while and be okay with forgetting. Right. So shame on them, sinners. Sinners. Um, what were your I, backups? I had uh, the Dark Knight as a backup as well, only because uh, I left it for you as pick number five. Otherwise, that would have been my fifth pick. Heck and, yeah! Uh, because I originally had Black Pearl, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and you took it. We so then we definitely had some overlap there because I figured you were going to pick when you said Iron Man in my mind I was thinking you were about to say the Dark Knight. Uh yeah now I I uh, my original backups were at World's End, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King because uh, that was you know my favorite of the, of them all because of the battles that were in it. Right. Uh, but like I said, Fellowship of the Ring started it all and introduces to everything, so it has a lot 100. of significance to it. I 100%. took super, 
I took Super Troopers because man, that was oh a hilarious, God. hilarious movie. Dude, that's one of the funniest movies ever. And then I took uh, Anchorman as a backup in case you Ron were a bunch of be nice. because you know that was a, a good comedy. I didn't really have any comedies of my five, and I and I, I left the mm-hmm. comedies off my five because. That decade to me had so many better action and other type movies than they did comedies. Comedies weren't quite as abundant that I liked. Although yeah. you had like Super Troopers and you had like um, uh, Beer Fest. Oh man, you had Dodgeball. Um, Dodgeball. The Hangover came out in 2009, bro. Was I, that two, I, thought, I thought that was 2010, so I didn't pick was it. Was it 2010? It may have been. I, I, didn't look it, I didn't look it up because I, I was in my mind it was 2010 and I had other picks I wanted. Now, honestly, <laughs> now that I, I, I forgot about dodgeball, believe it or not, if I had yeah. remembered if you if can I dodge a rich, that, you can dodge a dodgeball. <laughs> hey, hey, if I had remembered that, I would have put I, I would have put dodgeball in over yeah. that that Pirates of the Caribbean movie I just added to it. Dodgeball was great. I, dude. I, I did like it. It was that was awesome. Nobody so makes me bleed my own blood. That's right. <laughs> you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. You can dodge yeah. traffic, you can dodge a ball. Was Along Came a Polly during that time, too? I, you know, it may have been. Ben Stiller had his little streak of movies there for a while that he did yeah. so well with. Along Came um, a Polly was great, too. Yeah, we're going to have to break this down further, because you just opened up a whole new decade for us in this. Well, like, and there'll be wow. a lot more movies that are going to get broken down. Look, we could have done this entire episode on just Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship. Any Rings. one of those movies, really. Really, and I, and I would have been just as happy. But when you We said can you do were, an episode per, I, per movie for Lord of the Rings. I know. When you said you wanted <laughs> to do, though, a top five, I thought, well, you've been here in a while. Top five. Yeah. We'll, we'll do a top five. And if you happen to make Heck it back yeah. anytime soon, then the next time we do one, uh, well, we'll, we'll break one news. down. The great news is, too, as, as I was just bragging to Tasha earlier, well, right before we got on, I was showing off me having my headset plugged into my phone and everything. And uh, it just works out with the audio quality well enough. And, you know, since we're not so focused on or since you're not so focused on um, uh, video anymore, this opens up a whole new it opens up my schedule. You know what I mean? Like, I can hop on yeah. and be in a little bit more often like this. Yeah, I mean, and, and video, uh, well, honestly, I, I never was 100% wanting to do the video. Right. Uh, I thought video was more your thing you wanted to do. Cause you thought that YouTube yeah. was a big thing and everything now. But the yeah. thing is, and that's the reason why we took StreamYard was for the video we could do. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, that being said. Uh, we had the, the, the bottom line is there was a lot of great movies in every decade, and the two thousands was no different than the eighties or the nineties or the seventies. We just had different styles of movies, uh, different, different you know stars from the decades that made our decade. Uh, when when you think action movies, we know in the eighties action movies was all you know Arnold and Stallone and Norris. Yeah, and then and you go to the nineties and you're looking at Van Damme, you're looking at Seagal. Yeah. In the 2000s, now we're looking at Jason Statham, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, Statham, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know I purposely, I purposely left Fast and Furious off. I would, if there, I picked yes. a movie that for, from Vin Diesel, it would not be Fast and Furious. It would be Pitch Black. But, and then the Riddick hey, that followed. See, I would have went Fast and Furious if I had thought about it. There's, there's so many out there that's so hard to narrow down. But Fast and Furious is one of my favorite franchises. But it got so far out of whack and ridiculousness that it has yeah. taken a huge step backwards to other movie franchises. Right. And right. if we were to do one that was to focus solely on, you know, maybe most impactful or, or you know, something like that, or, or the, I guess you'd say the greatest, the overall greatest or something, I might would put, I might would consider putting Fast and Furious in that list, but not in my top five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this show up. We're at a minute seven and, uh, Travis, it was great having you back on again. Uh, everybody has a lot of people have asked me, believe it or not, you know what happened to your co-host. We almost, we almost made it through the whole episode. We almost did it. We're not at a minute seven. We're at an hour seven. That's <laughs> it. Oh my gosh. We almost did it, dude. <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I'm hiding. <laughs> I'm hiding my face right now. Oh, that's our mo, baby. We're good to if, go. If if 
you know, there's a joke about where I, you know, locally where I live about that movie I just made, but nobody would get it but me. So anyway, <laughs> one hour, eight minutes now we're into yes. it. And I'll manage to cut down about 30 seconds or so of this in the ultimate end. You know. But anyway, Travis, once again, people have asked about you. Uh, I'm glad you were able to come back on for an episode here so people can uh, hear your voice again. And uh, we will get some more episodes in here eventually. Uh, there will yeah. be a multiple amount of people this season, you know, guest hosting because we're going to go on week to week. You're not going to hear my voice rambling on by myself. I can't do that. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I don't have that ability to do people. Well, it was great to hop back in. I've been missing doing this too. It's not like I don't want to do it or it's just, I have not, I've been crazy busy. We just, I have not had the time to dedicate to it, but like I said, I will be back more often, especially since we're on an audio format. I can guarantee that. Yeah, it's like we've said a hundred times over before. You know, real life comes before podcast. Podcast a second, and we'll go from there. So, Until y'all start hitting that like button, subscribing, and sharing with your friends, and we can uh, start doing something with this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Share this thing, man. Get some more people involved. I tell you what, we don't like we said we don't do the video anymore. It's strictly audio. Listen to us on your ride into work. Listen to us while you're working out. When you're bored yeah. at night, <laughs> and there's nothing on TV. Oh, that's on to go to sleep. Yep. Pop in your AirPods. Listen to us while you're sitting around the house or something, or sitting out in the yard. I mean, Use we try to be entertaining. Show. We try to pull be entertaining. Echo show. That's it. You can pull up your Echo Show and just be like, "Hey, Alexa or Siri, if you got a home, an Apple Home, just be like, uh, put on the Retro Life for You podcast." That's right. And while you're there and you're listening to us, be a pretty cool person, you know, and give us a review and a rating and everything, because Spotify and Apple will allow you to give us a big five-star rating even if we're not a five-star person you can give us a five-star <laughs> rating out of pity you know i mean we'll, hey we take pity ratings here we, we're, not, we're not too good for a pity rating all right but yeah. uh, you know, and one, serious, one rating uh, a week is not gonna sprain your thumb <laughs> right. in, all, in all seriousness we do appreciate everybody who listens to us every week and uh, keep keep doing what you're doing pass this on to people like it share it uh, we're on uh, social media at Facebook uh, we've got Instagram we've got uh, those are the two main places you're going to see us I mean I, I've got a TikTok thing I throw things on there some as well for fun uh, based on what we do here uh, as a podcast and uh, if you want to reach out to us uh Retro Life for You at gmail.com, where you can go to Anchor, where we're currently at, and you can actually leave a message on there in either text or audio format, like a voicemail. Uh, that being said, uh, Travis, uh, we hope to hear you back on here again soon one day, and uh, oh, yeah. until this time comes, adios, everybody. Later. <laughs>